Today's Jeep Talk Show is sponsored in part by Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts. You know the name, and for over 20 years, Tom Woods has been providing the off-road industry with some of the strongest, most durable driveline upgrades there are. If you're in the need for the world's best under your Jeep, stay tuned later in the show to find out how you can get a whopping 10% off your order between now and the end of May. Until then, head over to www.4xshaft.com to start upgrading your ride now. Oh, and check the purchase when it arrives for a bright, shiny new Jeep Talk Show sticker. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. Hey, Tony and Josh, did you guys miss me? Well, you know, funny that you... Wait a minute. What's she talking about, Josh? Was she gone? Yeah, I think Tammy was out last week. Tony, uh, she was making me look bad once again (laughs) by getting her Jeep off-road and using it for what it was intended for. (laughs) Well, how was that, Tammy? How did did that make you feel? (laughs) Oh, it was so great. You know, we all met up at this one place. Well, there's only so much show, and that's all we have time for this week, everybody. But hey, speaking of meeting up with fellow Jeepers, we'll be talking to the head of Jeeps at the Beach, Texas, later in the show. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. Week after week, many listeners around the world spend some of their hard-earned money online through Amazon. And they do it using our link, giving us a small kickback. It's not much, but every little bit helps. And it all goes to bringing you great shows and interviews. Help us out and help yourself out by shopping through Amazon. Just use our link, jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon, or click the Amazon button at jeeptalkshow.com. And thanks in advance. All right, listen up, parents. This one might be a little bit of a wake-up call. Earlier this evening, literally just hours before we record the show, McCracken County Sheriff's Department deputies were called to a crash in the 4300 block of Contest Road in Kentucky. Upon arriving on the scene, deputies found three teenage girls who had been ejected from a 2015 Jeep Wrangler. Investigators said that the 16-year-old Logan Lampy was driving the Jeep south on Contest Road when, due to the actions of all occupants, it left the roadway went into a ditch, and crashed head-on at highway speed into a driveway culvert. The speed at which the Jeep was traveling, the impact and angle, caused the Jeep to go airborne. When it landed, it rolled over twice and came to a stop upright in the ditch opposite the driveway. The Jeep is obviously a total loss at this point. The three passengers, 16-year-old Sidney Peters, 15-year-old Alexis Eastwood, and 16-year-old Taylor Walters were all found by the first responders ejected from the vehicle. Quote, One female was laying right here in the mud, McCracken County Deputy Derek Park said. He was the first deputy to arrive on the scene at the crash. Park said when when Peters and Eastwood were said Peters and Eastwood were barely conscious when he arrived and were very frightened. But Walters was unresponsive. So he immediately started CPR on her. After an exhausting and intensive four minutes, the Lone Oak Fire Department arrived and crews used an automated external defibrillator and airway breather to revive Walters from the brink of death. Now while Park was administering CPR, He said the entire time he was praying, God, help this child. Now, here's where we take a lesson from all this. And parents, I hope you're paying attention. Multiple witnesses said before the crash, they saw the girls hanging out of the windows of the Jeep, sitting on the edges of the doors and acting wild. It is believed that the girls were broadcasting live video of their antics on social media at the time as well. Three of the girls were taken to a local hospital. 
Walters was later flown to an out-of-state hospital for emergency treatment. Out of all of this, Lampy, the driver, was not injured. Deputies say that the fact the driver was wearing a seatbelt is likely the only reason they're alive today. The passengers who thought it would be a good idea to not only hang out of a moving vehicle on the highway without wearing seatbelts, but then broadcast it on social media, all while distracting the driver so much to the extent they drove off the road and into a ditch, flipping the Jeep and ejecting all that was inside. Now, the amount of negligence, stupidity, and outright carelessness in this is beyond deplorable. And frankly, I blame the parents. Look, we can't keep tabs on our kids 24-7 without negative repercussions. And most of us do do stupid crap when we're kids. It's kind of a given. But this one, this one takes the cake. All the more reason parents should be keeping close tabs on their kids' social media accounts and stressing, in terms of life and death, early and often, the importance of not only being responsible when behind the wheel, but when as a passenger too. There's plenty of blame to go around on this one, and thankfully, no one lost their life. But hopefully, everyone has learned a lesson. Good Lord, that is amazing. When you said everybody was uh, ejected, I, I, just, I just knew people were dead. Yeah. One girl just about lost her life in all this, and I would imagine that there are some life-changing injuries that go along with this. Now, obviously, there's some of the details have been omitted from this, and uh, the, the pictures from this accident are, are just horrific. Um, but needless to say, the amount of irresponsibility that was happening on this uh, dur- during this, this period of time when this vehicle was on the road is just nearly unimaginable. I, I've done stupid stuff in vehicles before, and especially <laughs> yeah. when I was a kid. Uh-huh. We all do. You know, trying to find our limitations, trying to find out what we can get away with and what we can do. And we all think that we're invincible when we're teenagers and in our early 20s. This is a good example that we're not. I'm going to relate a story here that is not in any way, shape, or form Jeep-related, but I think <laughs> it's a good point. Um, I liken this to uh, when you, you see these videos where kids, little kids, are handed snakes i mean they're non-poisonous snakes you know they're at a, at a zoo or, or sure. no no constrictors oh. you know the ones that are oh. the, the big ones that are constrictors and you know the, the adult goes okay well then even if it starts constricting the child i can get the snake off of them well those snakes can bite they do bite and they have a, a lot of teeth in there that is meant to to hold the prey until they can you know kill it and eat it I told my girls, if you ever go to a school outing and they say, come on over here, I'll let you hold the snake, tell them politely, no, thank you. You need to think ahead of what can happen. And that's the same thing here. It's a lot of fun, especially in a Jeep. It's a lot of fun to be doing all these shenanigans and and just doing wild things and shooting that video and, and all the rest of the stuff that goes along with it. But just think what can happen. Well, and here's an example of what did happen. And unfortunately, uh, well, there's a lot of property damage and injuries to boot. Well, something a little bit more uh, appealing uh, for everybody's ears. Well, the numbers are in, ladies and gentlemen, and it's MPGs this time, not sales figures. The two-liter turbocharged 2018 Jeep Wrangler JL's fuel economy figures are in, and with numbers as high as 24 miles per gallon combined, the world finally has a Wrangler with fuel economy that's actually borderline livable. Now, probably the only drawback to driving a boxy, tall off-roader like the Jeep Wrangler has always been fuel economy or fuel efficiency. Now, I don't have to tell any Wrangler owner out there what they already know, but if you were to take a look back through the EPA's fuel economy website, you'd see that pretty much every Wrangler since the model got its name back in 1987 has been a total gas pig. But for 2018, Jeep put a modern 8-speed transmission to this new JL and mated it with a fancy 2-liter turbocharged 4-cylinder engine. 
And that powertrain, along with the lighter, more aerodynamic JL platform, means there's finally a Wrangler out there that scores respectable gas mileage numbers, at least when compared to the Jeeps of yesteryear. Now, critics who have driven both the V6 and this new Turbo 4 all say they don't really notice much of a difference at all between the 2-liter 4-cylinder and the 3.6-liter V6, at least from a drivability standpoint. Now, for people to pay the additional $1,000 premium, however, for the smaller motor with a turbo, it's going to have to offer a lot more than just 35 extra foot-pounds of torque. It's going to have to be markedly more efficient. And it turns out, it is. This week, the EPA's fuel economy website listed the 2.0-liter two-door model as scoring a relatively impressive 24 miles per gallon combined. They arrived at that figure by averaging the 23 miles per gallon city and 25 miles per gallon on the highway. The four-door scores just one point less than its smaller brother in both city and highway driving, and that averages out to two less in combined mileage. Now, those figures are significantly better than those of the V6, especially if you look at city mileage. Now, the V6 models only manage up to about 18 miles per gallon around town, or between 4 and 5 miles per gallon less than their 2-liter counterparts. So it sounds like with more torque and better fuel economy that the 4-cylinder is the way to go with the new JLs. Well, that is until you compare those numbers with those put out by the 3.6-liter V6 with a manual transmission. The stick shift JL two-door V6 actually matches the highway fuel economy of the smaller 2-liter two uh, automatic, while the four-door manual V6 is just one mile per gallon shy of the 2-liter on the highway. Now, the difference in combined fuel economy between the four-door V6 and the four-door four-cylinder is only between about two and three miles per gallon depending on the transmission. That's the big deal here. So, the bottom line, well, you no longer have to let the number of cylinders make the choice of whether or not you buy a Jeep, or which one. Finally, the fuel cost of owning a Jeep Wrangler won't send you spiraling into financial ruin, although the initial purchase price still might get you a little <laughs> closer to bankruptcy. So uh, correct me on this. Enlighten me. Uh, mm -hmm. If you put a turbo on an engine, uh, it helps you on the, you know, when the, as the turbo has time to spool up, it's right. not going to be an off-road uh, bonus. This is correct. Yeah, the, no. the turbos really come into play higher up in the RPM range. Yeah. They they are powered essentially by the exhaust of the engine. The exhaust spools up that turbo. That turbo then draws in even more air, pushing it through the intake system and uh, obviously cooling it first, um, thus producing a lot more cooler, denser air being forced into the engine at quite a bit more rate than it would otherwise. Uh, this produces a little bit more horsepower, but you don't get it until you get those RPMs up, which is typically where you see roadway, freeway, highway driving, right. commute driving, that sort of stuff. You don't see those kind of RPMs when you're off-road unless you're into mudding or <laughs> you're out bouncing. on the sand dunes or <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, or you're doing that stump-jumping rock-bouncing stuff, you know, with those, with those big two-frame buggies. Yeah. Most of us who are out on the trail with our Jeeps are in the, I don't know, 800 to 1200 RPM range. <laughs> so right. we don't ever really see the benefits that a turbo would provide. Now, with this one, maybe there's, there's some other engineering that went involved in this, but typically Man. across the board, <laughs> turbos don't work until you get those RPMs up. So would it be safe to say that if your interest in buying a Jeep is to take it off-road, Weekend Warrior but your main interest is to being able to take it off road. You're best off getting something that is, has the horsepower without the turbo. I would agree with you, except for the fact that the, 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 the specs on the turbo have it at 35 foot pounds of torque higher than the V six. Now 
I don't know at what RPMs those numbers are being drawn from. That's the one caveat here. So, I mean, it might not get you that extra, all that extra torque until you're three, four, five thousand RPM, in which case off road, you're never, ever going to see it. (laughs) 75 miles an hour. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm with you, Tony, but maybe not. So, would you say that it would be a good thing to make people uh, research it before you go and uh, and buy this turbocharged? And, and from what you said, a premium price turbocharged yeah. unit. Also, too, it's another piece of equipment uh, of your engine that can fail. It is also something that hot air, the hot exhaust, is being injected into. And it's hot when it goes into it. The cooler is after that, right? Before it goes right. into the engine? Okay. Right. So uh, it, it's going to be running hot. It's going to be uh, it, it's more prone to failure, I think, because of that. Although they're, they're, they make them quite expensive because, the, because of the spooling up. They're a lot like jet engines, the little fins and stuff that are in there. Yeah. So yeah. that it really has to, you can't have any, any kind of uh, little cracks or anything in them. Uh, otherwise, you, Ooh, God, no. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, you're on a Southwest uh, flight making an emergency landing. <laughs> uh, so so research it uh i personally think that if you have to put a turbocharger on it uh that the, the it's like the meme i've been seeing recently uh, the engine wasn't built well enough to to do what it needs to do i would say if you're buying a brand new jeep wrangler as your daily driver as a commuter yeah. as something that you will rarely ever see off-road then the four-cylinder turbo would definitely yeah, stand out above the rest sure it totally makes sense but like tony said if you're buying a weekend warrior uh, if your plans is to use this, you know, two, three times a month to get off road, ah, that four cylinder might not be the best bet. No, I don't think so. Uh, that's where I'm going with this. But re- do your own research and make your own choice. But I think you'd be better off uh, getting a little more iron and a little more cylinders in there. And of course, if you guys want to share your opinion, we encourage that. Give us a call or shoot us an email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and you can find out all the ways that you guys can, well, even submit us stories for this week in Jeep or chime in on what we're talking about. Hey guys, don't forget about our Jeep Talk Show stickers. This is the first time in over 300 episodes that the Jeep Talk Show stickers have been available. I mean, we've not had Jeep Talk Show stickers until now. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, then click and place your order. It's $4 for one sticker, $7 for two. Hint, getting two is cheaper. What a deal! Free shipping within the continental United States, or as we like to say, the lower 48. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. The Center Steer Podcast, the first Land Rover podcast on the planet, is a podcast by, for, and about Land Rover owners. Once a month, other Land Rover owners join me to talk about all things Land Rover, including Harold and Morgan. Hey. And now beginning our sixth year, I recommend you check out our show number 60 when we talk to Adam Bennett. Adam provides a thorough and detailed accounting of locating, recovering, and restoring a very storied Land Rover called the Oxford Truck that had originally traveled in 1958 from London to Singapore. We really didn't talk to Adam Bennett. We just sat back and let him go. There was no chance to get a word in. You know, anytime he needed to come up for air at all, it was, and that was another story. Next what happened was, so visit centersteer.com and show number 60 of the Center Steer podcast spelled in the British way, C-E-N-T-R-E. And also available through the 4x4 Radio Network website, (laughs) centersteer.com. I've already heard that episode 60. It was a great interview and I, I laugh at that because it's so true. The, the gentleman that they had on just went and went and went and went. I mean, it was, it was riveting listening to him, but yeah, they were just, they were just an audience. 
<laughs> so, uh, but great guest. So go over there and check out episode 60 of the, the Sinister Year podcast. Shut up and listen. Shut up. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut Man, up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. Well, Tony and Josh, I made it back safe and sound. No damage on my Jeep. Um, and in case you forgot, I went wheeling last weekend in Uwari, North Carolina. And that's about a six and a half, seven hour drive for me. Um, through the mountains, the Appalachian Mountains, and it was a beautiful ride there. And so I arrived Friday, and there to greet me was Brian with um, the Carolina Trails Off-Road Group. He's the president. So let me ask you a quick question here, Tammy, Uh before we get too far into this. Yep. Whenever you put in the request in HR to be off, you said that you had a procedure that had to be taken care of. You went wheeling? Uh That's not a procedure. (laughs) <laughs> right. I had to test out the um, thingamajig on my Jeep. Oh, uh, technical talk. Yeah. yeah. When, you, yeah, when, you're, yeah. when you're looking for something technical, yeah. just say Henway. Yeah. Or the... <laughs> anyway. So, um, Brian, by the way, I Brian had... helped you with your uh, flickering light problem, didn't he? Yes. Well, actually, two of the Caroline Trails Off-Road people did. Um, and it was... Somebody suggested I put zip ties on the two harnesses. Uh-huh that connect together well you need to do it to the harness the anti-flicker harness and the factory harness because those jiggle loose so it's all good zip ties are a miracle um by the way i'm taking next thursday off so (laughs) um you're falling apart (laughs) i rolled up to the campsite it was a group campsite this is my first time wheeling and camping together and brian the president of carolina trails was there and he greeted me and his wife was there and his Son was there, and they're wonderful, wonderful people. Brian from Route 16 was there, and he had his camp all set up. So we just kind of hung out and talked and hugged and met. And it was, you know, it's really weird when you meet somebody who you've known online for years. It's like you've known these people in person for years. Um, And it was really awesome. So that first night was, you know, set up your tent and go to the meet and greet at Boondocks, which is like a local little hangout restaurant bar. So we had dinner there. We went back, sat around the campfire, and everyone was there, and I started getting nervous. They started telling stories about last time this Jeep flipped on this trail <laughs> and, you know, going up this ledge. You know, I don't know. that You know, you, I might have to go up to the right. I won't be able to make it up the center, and I'm just like, I'm ready to puke. I'm like, oh, my God. So they're saying they're going to break up into two different groups, the intermediate group and the more difficult group. And Brian, um, the president of Carolina Trails Off-Road, he kept saying, you'll be fine. You can do it. I've seen your videos. You're more than capable of doing the difficult. But then these women kept telling these stories, and I kept feeling more anxious. (laughs) And I went to bed, and I was up and down having nightmares and so anyway, the next morning we get up and we go to El Dorado, which is uh, where you go buy your permit, and that's where all the Jeepers meet. There's air. It's a little store, um, and I put my Jeep Mama sticker on their door and our Jeep Talk Show stickers Ooh, on their door. Ooh, yeah. awesome. How much, how much was the permit? Um, it's $5 oh, for the day. Yeah, and then you can buy a $30 for the whole 
year or season, I oh guess. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Did you get one? You going back? Uh, no, I just bought a five dollar one. Cheapskate. Um, I know. It's, it's just. <laughs> it's like shopping, but, Tammy. <laughs> I know. I was too busy buying um, hammocks from Brian at Route One Six. Oh, those uh, look nice. Yeah. So anyway, and by the way, I set up my tent all by myself. Um, well, you had some practice. And, you were camping out the the week yeah. prior in your backyard, weren't you? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So um, anyway, it was time. You know. So. We're all waiting for everyone to gather, and somebody's like, hey, Tammy, Nikki G's here. And I'm like, oh, he is? Because Nikki G didn't spend the night, because he, he lives like 45 minutes from there. Oh, nice. So, yeah, so I'm like looking, I'm looking, and I'm like, there he is. And it is, his wife was there. That was her first time wheeling with him. Wendy, yeah. Yeah, and so we met and said hi and talked and chatted, and I said, what group are you going in? And he's like, I'm going to go in the difficult group. And I'm like, shoot. <laughs> now, now, did he seem a bit nervous when he met you? Maybe like he had done something, uh, and uh, he was waiting for you to find out about it? <laughs> uh, no, he did not. He's a very, very good actor. Um if you and if you haven't been following along, later. yeah, if you haven't yes. been following along in Facebook, uh, Tammy will tell you it was it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get to that shortly. Um, so anyway, Nikki G said he was going to do the difficult group because last year he wheeled this event and he did the intermediate group, and and you know of course Nikki G has a red Jeep, but and I'll get to more about that in a minute. <laughs> you might you you might not want to be dinging that bell, Tony. Um, so anyway, it was time for the groups to split up into two groups. And I'm like, oh, I had to do it. I did the difficult group. Well, of course. Uh, Brian went from Route 1 6 was in it. If, if you Nikki had Nikki G's next 25 calls, oh. would have been. Yes. <laughs> Tammy didn't do the difficult, but I did. I had to. <laughs> so we had our little driver's meeting, and it was off. And the Mike, the. Um, trail guide who is awesome all of these people at carolina trails off road were so awesome but he said does you know is there anything anybody really wants to do and i raised my hand i said i really want to do the dickie bell because it's a jeep badge of honor he's like okay we're gonna do that first so you know we get on the trail it's a 3.5 mile trail and the they rate it moderate to difficult and it has this rocky hill climb obstacle and for the most part this trail can be done in two wheel you don't even need you don't need to disconnect you, you know you're just going up and down winding around um the mountains the trees over this red clay and it's a really nice easy fun jeep ride and then all of a sudden you get to this obstacle and i'm like holy crapola this is like crawler's ridge which is in roush creek which i've done on steroids and I'm like, oh, my God, I am not going to make it up this. And I was aired down to 15 PSI. My, you know, sway bar was disconnected. And so they spotted me up. And basically, I just climbed right up. Um, I had my lockers on. And, you know, you just kind of wind like, um, like an S up this trail. And because I had lockers and that four-to-one transfer case, I think I had a little bit more easier time oh, I'm sure of it yeah than everybody else who didn't have lockers so that was like yes i did it so let me let me ask you real quick uh, uh -huh. the, the decision to do lockers is that something that 
that you just looked at this and said, now I'm going with lockers or did uh, somebody recommend uh, go ahead and turn your lockers on for this? Did you try it without lockers and then went to lockers? Tell, tell us the locker story. Um, I put them on because everyone suggested I put them on. Okay. They, yeah. And they just kept saying you better. I, I don't know how I would have done without them, but if by going by the other Jeepers, I might have had a little bit more difficult time. And I'm not ready to run my Jeep like they did. Like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, you got to have some forward speed uh, to get yeah. over things. Yeah. The bouncing and the right. skinny pedal. I, I'm just not ready for that yet. So, you know, we did that trail and next was the Daniel Trail. And this is the most difficult trail in the park. It's 2.1 miles. And the, it, right off the finish line or the start line, bang, you're in the difficulty. You're going up these switchbacks, these rocky switchbacks. And you're going up the first one and you've got to make a 90 degree turn up this ledge. And this is the ledge they were talking about where they didn't think I could do the center. And they were going to have me go up to the right and around. And I'm looking to the right and around. And I'm like, that looks scarier than <laughs> the ledge. But I, I'll go know. with plan A. Thank you. <laughs> so um, Mitchell, uh, this guy in a yellow Jeep, he's this young kid. He's an army guy. He's could be my son. He spotted me. I don't know this guy from Adam. And he's spotting the other people up and this other Jeeper who was there from Virginia who happens to wheel at Roush Creek and he knew some of the same people I did. He and his um, girlfriend or wife, they were like so amazed at how good this kid was um, spotting and they're like, he is spot on. He knows what he's doing. So I had all the confidence in the world in this kid and I was scared to death. My heart is pounding. It's my turn. I'm like, <gasps> breathing really hard. My breaths are shallow. And once I got right to that ledge, I just hyper-focused on Mitchell and I just, all I could see was his face and his arms. And he got me up the ledge. I, you know, put the gas on. My Jeep shifted a little to the right and they're like, everybody's like, stop, stop, stop. I stop. I back down. He, the next thing, the next time he wheeled me straight up over that ledge, it was so easy. Um, I was like, I did it. Oh my God, I did it. And so then it's up a couple of switchbacks. Scary, can I swear? <laughs> Scary ass shit is all I can say. Off camber on this little teeny path going on switchbacks. And I feel like I'm going to roll and careen right off the mountain. But I did it. Um, I thought I did it without <laughs> I would have gone with, so I fell off the mountain and I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought I did it without swearing, but looking at my videos, which by the way, you can find them on my YouTube channel, the Jeep Mama, um, I did swear. Are you um, sure? And I, yes. <laughs> and I don't think I asked that. I don't think I asked oh, that that's, question. Oh, that's your signature. You got to say yeah. that to people. <laughs> I did not. I did not ask Mitchell, are you sure? Once. There was there was one point he was um, spotting me and I said, I can't see you because my Jeep is so high up. All I can see is the sky. Right. So, you know, we did that and I'm going up these switchbacks and I'm feeling relief thinking, okay, that was it. But that was not it. <laughs> Just when you there's, least expect it. I know. There's this another, another huge rocky hill climb and 
we were told you have the right, the left, do not do the middle. The middle is off limits. So I did the left, which was the easier part because the right, you really are going to tear up your Jeep, which by the way, um, a couple of Jeepers did. And um, so I did the left. I did it all by myself. There was no spotters, but the left side was where you were on the edge of the mountain. Um, But I did it. And um, I was glad I parked my Jeep and then we watched all the other Jeepers come up and one of them busted his, I'm not, he hasn't reported back yet and he's actually a fan, a listener of the Jeep talk show. He came all the way from Detroit to wheel with us My goodness! and he did something to his axle and we're not really sure. Um, So, and then the, the guy who was spotting me, he has shocks for a six inch lift but he has a three and a half inch lift so his rear driver's spring would always pop out and he would just (laughs) pop back in so um then after that we um were doing the dutch john trail which is also a difficult trail and that was a pretty i thought i felt it was a pretty easy trail um, the obstacle when you have a Rubicon and you have lockers, you're you have that traction and you're not spinning your wheels. So, um, but I did the three D's, which is the three most difficult trails at um, Uari. There's one more difficult trail that I never got to, but I had the best time. And I know Tony and Josh, you missed my top five. Actually, I did have a top five last week, but I'm going to no, do a I was top just, I was just going to ask about a top five tonight. I'm glad you're, you're getting yes. to this. Yes, my top five tips as a driver when you're being spotted that you need to do. So number one is you need to make sure your spotter is trustworthy, that you can trust them. Number two, you need to make sure your spotter knows your limits that you're going to wheel with your Jeep. Number three, don't listen to anyone else but your spotter and number four, do exactly what they say and nothing else. And number five, don't question them. Don't ask. Are you sure? Now I've got a question about this list. Now, number one, how do you know they're trustworthy? Um, well, you got to trust the people who are going to tell you they're trustworthy, I guess. I guess you got to know them. I thought maybe there was an interview process. Maybe they bring a resume. Uh, This has always uh, confused me about spotters because as far as I know, any, any smo with a, a a free hand and a beer on the other can say, Oh, over here, a little over here, a little over here. I mean, you know, if it's your first time out there or the people that you've spotted for you before are not there, you don't know. How do you know that they're doing what they're supposed to do? And, And number one, trustworthy spotter makes complete sense. But how do you right. know? You don't know until it's over. Yeah. Well, you, I might be able to shed a little bit of light on that. But, I mean, everybody's got an opinion as to, you know, what the proper line to go up a trail is. And yeah. obviously, you know, people who have wheeled there, you know, that's their, that's their you know, home turf or whatever, are probably going to know, you know, left side versus right side, that sort of thing. And the proper, you know, the, the, the better line, the easier line, that sort of thing. Now, obviously, that kind of advice you want to listen to. But when you're actually out in the trail and you're in the thick of it, and you turn to somebody who is outside of your vehicle for direction or for spotting, uh, you can very quickly determine whether or not they know what they're talking about or if they have your best interest in mind. If they start using things like left or right, then don't pay any attention to them. <laughs> right, uh, right, exactly. you got to know the lingo. 
<laughs> right, right. You know, somebody who's using driver or passenger side when they're talking about direction that you need to turn, when they're very specific about tire placement um, or directing you, giving you specific direction as to how to back up, um, pointing and directing you how to get the kind of line that you need to take, very easily be able to determine whether or not somebody knows what they're talking about when it comes time to spotting a vehicle through a trail. I agree. I agree. So how do they know your limits, Tammy? Well, you, you know, tell if, you, them. if you can't question, you tell them. you're not questioning yeah. number five. How do how do they learn your limits? I I usually tell them. I say, hey, I'm a slow wheeler. I'm very. I'm afraid. I don't want to damage my Jeep. It's my daily driver. I have to drive this home after um, this trail ride. Um, yeah, makes cool. sense. So, so, so number three, uh, I would imagine you get. You get um, into situations where there's everybody's got an opinion about what you should do. Is, is you know, it difficult see, to focus on that one person? Yep. And you can see it on some people's videos sometimes. You're you're watching these videos or you're even there watching other people and you want to tell the other people like, shut the hell up. <laughs> Let the spotter talk. <laughs> or you got some, you know, wife yelling at her husband and, you know, the, that whole thing. So... <laughs> By the way, I was the only female driver in the difficult group. Wow. Ah, excellent. That's great. So, We're going to have to increase yeah. your salary. Yes, exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. Ah. I'm sorry. You're getting time off instead. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the sad part about the whole day was I didn't get to spend more time with Nikki G. Um, he broke, well, I guess... I guess you could say he broke his Jeep. Oh. Uh, yeah, he was thinking he put the tire on a rock, and I think that's what it was. I didn't get to see this. He was behind me on the trail, and he bent his, I think I'm saying this right, I think he bent his tie rod into his drag link or vice versa. Yeah, tie rod. Yeah, I, was actually, yeah. I was actually watching the video uh, yeah. that he's got on his Facebook page uh, about yep. uh, the process of what happened afterwards. Yeah, I saw yeah. that too. Yeah, they. Um, I wish I could have seen this. It would have been so cool because this. I know Tony. You a winch will come in handy. They um, winched Tools. his. Yeah, they winched it out from uh, the two parts from each other. Yeah, they went to a tree or something and then brought it back. Uh, right. With a uh, a block back to the uh, uh, to the uh, tie rod and pulled it off the drag link. I think. You, yeah. You saw it, right, Josh? Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, that was something else. I mean it. Really, there's no other way to do it, um, either with a winch line or, or you got to get like a, some tree straps and toe straps uh, right. into action, yeah, which is up. actually something right. that, that I've done before, um, back before I had my uh, my one ton over the knuckle steering. Um, but yeah, I've, I mean, I've bent a couple of track rod, uh, tie, uh, tie rods in, in my day, and, and yeah, man, you, you got to get a winch line or a tree strap around them and, and bend it back out. It's the only way to get back on the road. Hey, but I'll tell you home this. like that, too. Nikki G is one aggressive wheeler and he's really good. Um, so the other thing Nikki was, Nikki G would like for me to say at this point, why are you surprised? <laughs> oh, <laughs> real quick before we go to the sound of Nikki G, the guy who was, um, spotting me, he broke his Jeep. Um, he was letting his girlfriend drive it and she was going like 50 miles an hour and she hit a tree root, and they sh he sheared his pitman arm. And oh. he is stuck out on the trail, and we had to go God. back. Yeah. Well, well, and was it a JK, nope. a TJ? What, what was it? Uh, JK. 
So I know uh, on the TJs, they actually make armor for the pitman arm because they really stick out there. And, yeah. and, 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 sure it was and the, our TJ will never see a trail. It, it could. But anyway, I put that, uh, that skid on there so that wouldn't happen. <laughs> right. But this kid is amazing, and I'm so glad that he is out there protecting the United States of America in the Army. He got a recovery strap on that broken part, and he had his girlfriend drive because he's like, I got to get this off the trail. And because we all went back to go get something, I guess they were going to find a steering box so they could get him off the trail. And Jeez. he was pulling that recovery strap to steer it up this obstacle to get off the trail. And he would, she would drive and he would pull to steer one way or another. And, wow. uh, That's scary because yeah. he was in front of the Jeep, right? Yeah. There's, um, there's some pictures on my Facebook page of the broken part, and I think um, they have a picture of him on Carolina. Look at Carolina Trails Off-Road. There's a picture of him. It's the yellow Jeep of what he was doing. So anyway, that, that was amazing. These guys are it's, they're so MacGyver-ish when it comes <laughs> well, you to, to. And, you're right. Gotta be, yeah. So it's anyway, better just so, like up, oh, stick a for sale sign on right, it. It's, come by exactly. and see it. <laughs> so can we? So Nikki G, he's a really good um, wheeler, and I interviewed him out on the trail. So can we go to that sound tone? Sure. So how was that? I need new seat covers. <laughs> yes. How's your wife doing? She she was she was vocal. <laughs> Did you swear a lot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have lockers, though, do you? No, open diff. Yeah, so that was a lot harder. Yeah, yeah. So, Nikki G, what do you think about Uari and wheeling with me and Brian? How was it? It was a lot of fun. And uh, kind of upset that I couldn't follow Tammy. <laughs> so I, what what happened on the trail? I didn't get the $10,000 switch. <laughs> I, I, I hit a rock, and it uh, bent the uh, drag link. I thought my tire was on it. It was. It was the drag link. Plus, I hit it hard. So now, do you think when you get home, you're going to go ahead and trade that red thing in for a black Jeep? Maybe it'll do a little better? No, because the part that bent was black. I'm just going to straighten it up and paint it red, and it'll be good to go. There you go. And then let me ask you this. There's a sticker on the back of my Jeep. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> so you didn't happen to bring up some red stickers and start putting them on black Jeeps? <laughs> um, neither can confirm or deny that. <laughs> I love this guy. Oh, that's great. Love me some Nikki G. <laughs> so tell the people about the red sticker that maybe didn't aren't on the Jeep Talk Show group or aren't looking at the Jeep Talk Show page. Tell us about so, the red sticker. I have no idea how freaking long it was on my Jeep, and everybody knew about it and didn't tell me about it, but it said, I'd rather be red. There's pictures on my Facebook page, and finally, Jerry, who is the Jeep talk show guy, listener from Detroit, he's uh-huh. like, did you see that? And I'm like, oh my God. Oh, he's like, do you know who did it? And I'm like, Jerry, yes, why? It could have been weeks before she found that. <laughs> um, but Nikki G was going to put the actual sticker on my Jeep and his wife forbid him. She said, do not put a sticker on her Jeep, which, you know, I would have been okay with it. You know, that's yeah. fine. It's all in fun. 
<laughs> they would have um, found Nikki G's body and when winter came. <laughs> right. And actually, I got to figure out what I did with that sticker. It's somewhere in my Jeep. Ah, uh, yeah. But we, I, we I left it on it. for the rest of the day. And oh, well, you're it a good sport. Fun. <laughs> I saw that and I didn't even think that. Uh, actually, I thought Brian at Route 16 did it when I first saw it. I did not I, suspect Nikki G at all. So, um, but it was really sad because Nikki G, obviously, after that was the Dickie Bell trail, he obviously had to get his Jeep home because it was damaged. And it I'm just glad he was only smart. 45 minutes away, though. That yeah. uh, that was really good because I, I didn't know how he was that close. Uh, that's a long ways to, to drive with a bent part. I mean, right. I'm sure it's fine, but it, it makes you nervous, you know? Um, right. Oh, yeah. He made it home safe and sound. And, um, Anyway, hopefully I plan on going to Urari again, so maybe this time Nikki G and I will get to spend a little bit more time together. So uh, I wonder if Nikki G had a spotter. Well, this was just on a a little it, – it's always when you let your guard down. Oh. It happened in the parking yeah. lot is what she said. Yeah. <laughs> right. it, it he was getting it the was, pass. <laughs> it was not a, a very serious – but he no, he had a spotter up the Dickie Bell um, – well, that's that's what happens. Oh. I asked him if he yeah. thought a, uh, a a a nose skid, uh, you know, a skid plate for uh, goes right there under the bumper would have helped him out. He thinks it may have. So I don't know. I, right. uh, anytime I see anything like that, I, I think about it happening to me, and uh, maybe you know, with the skid that I have, it would keep that from happening. But right. uh, I don't know. We'll just have to find out. That's the. I guess that's kind of the excitement of going. So Jerry. He's the Detroit guy, the J- Detroit Jeeper. He was out on the trails with us, and he listens to the Jeep Talk Show. Hi, Jerry. He's a trucker from Detroit, and he actually um, works for um, Fiat. He takes the Jeeps from the plant down to Indiana and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so I asked him some questions about wheeling with us. So let's roll that sound. You're not going to get Jerry fired, are you? No. So oh, right now, you see who's coming up the trail. I do. It's Nikki G. So what do you think about well, seeing Nikki G here on the trails? I like I like seeing him. I have not. Uh, I was a little surprised that he had to have uh, rocks stacked. So far, he's the only one that had to do that. But I I put that off because this Jeep is red. So that's what I'm assuming that was the problem. I <laughs> tend to agree. Those red Jeeps need to have a little racks, rock stacking once in a while. Absolutely. Absolutely do. So did you see me come up this? I did. I did. You didn't seem to have any problem at all. But again, it wasn't a red Jeep. So, uh, $30,000 heated seats uh, uh, with special buttons. Uh, it's like yeah. the Mark V, you know, from Speed Racer. Yeah, it's, it's no problem. Heated seats have nothing to do with wheeling up the trails, Tony. It's just all part of the magical thing that you bought instead right. of built. <laughs> so um, going back to the Daniel Trail, we spent a lot of time there. Um, that was the more difficult one. And Jerry, the one you just heard, he went up the right side. And he is an, he's an awesome wheeler. He's an aggressive wheeler. And he was going through one of the obstacles. And I have video on my YouTube channel um, of the the damage. He was trying to get up this obstacle. And it looks like he did something to his axle. Oh, so okay. They, this is the one you were talking about. Yeah. They had to tow him up to a spot. He took out his... Um, 
oh, the the rear drive shaft, and he drove the rest of the way down the the trail that way, and then went back. He trailered his jeep, and then he went back um, to the campsite because they brought their RV. Anyway, so it, it took a long time to get him off the trail and get the other jeeps off the trail, you know, up the obstacle and stuff. So we spent a lot of time on this top of this mountain, so to speak. And, you know, I'm videotaping and chatting with other people. And all of a sudden, I hear Jeep Mama. And, you know, Tony and Josh, we are actually kind of famous. (laughs) So as I hear this voice like Jeep Mama, I'm like, what the hell? And it was another Jeep Talk Show listener. And it was Rick. And you guys can check him out on um, Instagram, wants the number two be a Jeep Photog. And he took a lot of great pictures of my Jeep. But anyway, I sat and chatted with him. He was so excited to see me. I met his wife and his two boys. Awesome family. And I did another little interview with him. So let's listen. What's your name? Rick. Rick. And do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? Every time. So what was it like when you're on the trail and all of a sudden, I mean, did you come out here? Because I was out here, or did you just happen to be out here? We were going to come out. My wife suggested that we come out here because we didn't have anything to do today. And then when I knew you all were going to be out here and you were going to be out here, I was like, yes, we need to go. We need Uh to go. So I've been on the lookout for you the whole morning and listening for any screaming going on. And did you hear any screaming? Didn't hear any, no. No. i got to give it to you. I didn't hear any this time. Yeah, pretty good so far. Yep. So what is it about the Jeep Talk Show that you like? I love the information, but how it's presented. It's not boring. It's funny. It's fun. The way you three just kind of go back and forth, and Tony's little subtle jokes here and there, and then your oh mys and all all that. It's just it's just an entertaining but informal show. Love it. And it, I'm a truck driver, and it just helps me through my whole day. Great. Well, I'm glad we can make your day easier. Yes, definitely do. You know, I think he's one of the ones that was complaining about us just having a, a weekly show and why we don't have one, you know, multiple uh, days a week. Yeah, actually, yeah. I'm, I'm sure of it now because uh, that's right. The, the gentleman that uh, sent us that was uh, was driving a truck, so he had lots of time to listen. Right, right. Um, after the day's wheeling event, we had a little raffle or the Caroline Trails Off-Road had a little raffle. I actually won. Um, oh, geez. <laughs> a, a, tra- a, tr- a trash bag that you put on your rear tire, um, the trail trash bag. And I won a tire kit, you know, like if you pop your tire, like with. Like, oh, yeah, those are handy. Yeah, those yeah. are handy. Yeah, yeah, you should have yeah. had one already. Yeah, from ARB. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, so, and then they had other, they had a winch. I didn't win the winch. No, of course not. Um, and some other really cool prizes. Um, but as I'm there, you know, I'm handing out my Jeep Mama bracelets, the Jeep Talk Show stickers. I had a few Jeep Talk Show koozies left. And this really young girl, um, her name is Tyndall, and she's like, oh, I love your tattoo. And I'm like explaining my tattoo. It's my one with the dragonfly and how, you know, they have a short life and you got to live in the moment and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you know, I listen to you all the time. And I'm like, oh, okay. So um, that was really kind of cool so i did another little interview with her and she has a really cool story that you need to hear what's your name i'm tyndall so i understand you're a new jeep podcast listener i am so can you tell me how that came about 
So um, on the national group for G-Pers, it's an all-female Jeep group on Facebook. There's this girl named Kristen Kunkel who's known as Michigan Jeep Girl, and she was interviewed by y'all, and that's how I found it. Cool. We're glad you're listening. <laughs> Thanks. So Good one day of- I uh, was at a stoplight, and I had my top down, and I was listening to the Jeep podcast. Like, I've only been listening for a couple months now because I listened to my commutes to back and forth to school. And I had my top down, and this dude was had his windows down. He was like, oh, my God, I listened to the podcast, too. And I'm like, oh, my God, me, too. And it was like this instant friendship, and it was so awesome. Oh, he was probably lying. I just realized it was a guy. <laughs> hey, I listened to that, too. What is it called? <laughs> Let's go out. <laughs> um, she was so energetic and so excited about her Jeep. and Reminds us of was, you, Tammy. Yeah. It was just so awesome meeting all these people and meeting people that listen to our show in person. And that's just, yeah. it was kind of well, it, surreal. It's like I always say to people whenever they write into us or give us a review or anything like that. It, it it's a lot of fun meeting with you guys every week and and having enjoying doing this show and everything and and you can see the download numbers. There's a lot of people downloading the show, but it's not the same thing as having that feedback, having that interaction. And I can just only imagine what it's like to actually have people coming up to you and say, "I listen to you on the show." Uh-huh. It's not You're, really real until you actually no. have somebody tell right. you. Uh, it, it's like. It really, yeah. This is this is a real thing, and to hear somebody say, "Hey, I listen to that show too." Just some random person. It's amazing. Just amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm blown away right now. Yeah, blown away. Yeah, it was it was it it was really good for the soul, and it was. Sometimes I kept saying, "I'm just Tammy." Don't you start you know? crying? You'll get me I started. I am. I am. I'm tearing <laughs> up right now. Um, it means it, a lot was, to us. I'm making light of yeah. it, but it means a lot to us. Thank you, everybody out there. Thank you so much for going out there and harassing. I'm sorry, uh, meeting Tammy. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you can put all the red stickers you want on my Jeep. I don't care. There you go. <laughs> and, and don't forget, I'm going to take off next week because I not I'm not having a procedure. I'm doing all going, this all over again. Yeah. Well, like one weekend, yeah. that's going to be every week. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to take another camping yeah. camp. Um, Although, with the way it's turning out, I don't really mind yeah, so much, you know? Seriously, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty nice. <laughs> it's an overlanding weekend. Um, Thursday, I'll be up there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm going to learn. There are going to be classes and wheeling and overlanding. And this is at AOA, which is like 30 minutes north of Roush Creek. So I'm going to take a class on map reading, topical graph, topical um, topographic topographic think map reading like using the compass and plotting points um there's going to be like a little scavenger hunt there's going to be some jeep challenge and like uh God, i think it's quadratech is going to be there and a ton of vendors um and then like some overlanding trips where you can you know see all the sites mm-hmm. mines and so, stuff so give us the when can you meet Tammy and at and what you know the day oh. and the hours and uh, where's the booth going to be set up and it's at um, Anthracite Outdoor Adventure Area which is in Pennsylvania I can't remember which city it's by but I'll be there the seventeenth and leaving early the twentieth which is Sunday oh my goodness is that a yeah. camp out or uh, are you yeah staying as- primitive camping folks Very no nice. showers porta potties. That kind of thing. Should Hopefully I there's- should I send you a message before you leave uh, so you don't forget the toilet paper this time? Yeah. 
Oh, and by the way, I did not forget my pillow. See, there you go, Josh. Oh, good job. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Hey, Tammy, when you're uh, when you're at AOAA, make sure that if you uh, are able to get a hold of any uh, park officials there, let them know that their website is a year out of date. Wow. Oh, you're kidding me. Okay. Nope. I'm, I'm on their website right now looking at their event section. 2017 dates, people. Wow. Come on. They, Come need, to on. Have a, they, they need to have a nice, bright, shining uh, Jeep Mama uh, picture on there. Oh, we're halfway you know through who, May, you know just who, about. They need to have that stand. They need to have that current. Yeah, yeah, really. Um, and Nate might be up there that weekend. He might be um, guiding a um, for off-road consulting that weekend. Well, so that's it. You're gonna Nate. have to cancel now. I just. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that sounds. I had uh, an absolute blast. It does sound like it. I wheeled some stuff that I never would have thought I could have done. Well, now you can, and now you know. Yep. yep. Excellent. Great so. job, Tammy. Great story. Hey, folks, coming up later in the show, Nikki G, I can't wait to hear what he has to say. Tom Woods has been doing only four-wheel drive, drive shafts, and slip yoke eliminators for over 20 years. And as an American-owned and operated company, they provide solutions trusted by your average weekend wheeler all the way up to the rock-crushing rigs at King of the Hammers. If you have a Jeep, Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts has a solution for you. Using their in-house developed Gold Seal Universal joints, you can count on the strength of your drive shaft at its weakest and most abused points. And if you're concerned about warranties, well, it doesn't get any better than their trail hazard protection. If a weld ever breaks, they take care of it. If a gold seal universal joint breaks, they take care of it. But also, any damage to the drive shaft. Those other companies just put a new U-joint in your hand and send you on your way. Tom Woods loves Jeeps, and in fact, he has three highly modified Jeeps, so he understands your passion, and so do his employees. Tom Woods custom drive shafts are always shipped completed, balanced, and greased, ready to install. They pay attention to the finest details so you are less likely to run into any issues. If you've ever experienced a drive shaft problem, well then you know just how important this can be. When you research custom drive shafts, there is just one name that tops all the lists. Tom Woods. Trust them with one of the most critical parts of your driveline. And from now until the end of May, you can get 10% off your order using the exclusive Jeep Talk Show promo code. At checkout, just enter JTS18-1 and you'll get the exclusive discount. Once again, that's JTS18-1, and you'll get 10% off your order. Promo code is not valid with any other offer, discount, or promotion. Visit Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts today at www.4xshaft.com. Hey, you guys, don't forget, you can listen to the entire show on the Amazon Echo, also known as Alexa. Alexa. Ask the Jeep Talk Show to play the latest episode. Welcome. You can listen to all the episodes of Jeep Talk Show, a Jeep podcast, including new episodes, as they are released. For now, you'll start with the most recent episode, but you can change by skipping forward or backward. You can even say how many episodes you'd like to skip. It's just amazing. All you have to do is go into your Amazon skill on your phone or your desktop, uh, do a search for Jeep Talk Show, uh, add it as a skill, and then just do like that little promo just t- told you how to do. Ordinarily in the show, this would be the point in time where we start talking about reviews and you know how you guys can uh, leave us comments and five-star reviews and all that sort of stuff. But this week, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a detour here and uh, talk a little bit about, well, actually, we're going to read a story about uh, a boy in his Jeep, or lack thereof. <laughs> yeah. Now, this week, we had an email come in from a Jeeper in Canada. Uh, His name is Tony T, and he's sharing his experience with buying a new 2018 Jeep Wrangler JL. Now, the story is very interesting, and I hope you guys enjoy this. 
I have a short story to tell that I have to share. I am considering it as therapy to help ease my pain. And in the spirit of full disclosure, I have also sent a version of this to the Northwest Jeepcast. I felt the need to share this with as many as I can, but I promise I love you just as much. Aww. <laughs> it all started with the release of the new JL. Immediately, I was hooked. I have a 2013 JKU Rubicon that I bought with four kilometers on it, and I love it, but I knew I had to have a JL. I went to my local dealership in Victoria, B.C. on January 29th, and I placed my order on a beautiful JLU Rubicon. Got a great trade-in price on my JKU with only 50,000 kilometers on it. JLU is fully loaded. Minus only the automatic transmission, paint match hardtop, the soft top headliner, and proximity sensors. Of course, the color, black on black. They told me it could take up to three months, so I braced myself and created a steady diet of anything JL and Jeep. This is actually how I found you guys in the Northwest Jeepcast. I, I needed something more once the YouTube JL release videos started slowing down. You guys both put on great shows, and that really helped me with the Jeep withdrawal sweats. I could use a few more episodes a week, but I'll leave that up to you. Anyways, on with the story. Possible three months wait. No problem. My dealer even gave me his cell number to text and check in, which I did immediately. And every two days afterwards. I'm sure you can appreciate that. <laughs> yes, I can. It went to D status within a week. D1 after a few days later, and then build and on to inspection by mid-February. All right, Jeepers, here's where I'm going to pause Tony's story and fill you guys in on what he's talking about right there. There has been a fair amount of confusion with Jeep's odd and never-ending list of status codes for new Jeep vehicle orders. And if you have a new Jeep on order and are wondering what the letter codes mean in your status update, we'll have a link in the show notes on this episode at jeeptalkshow.com that has all the information you need to decipher these codes. In the case of Tony T. from Canada and his JL order here, his D status means, quote, firm schedule, serial number assigned, approximate time in station, Five days. The D1 code, according to this list, means, quote, Gateline. Unit sequenced for production. Estimated ship date assigned. Approximate time in station, 12 days. Okay, now that we're up to speed and we know what's going on with Tony's Jeep order, let's get back to the story. Very exciting, he says. It was pending inspection and the estimated ship date was March 7th. Woohoo! Then comes mid-March. Pending inspection. End of March comes. Pending inspection. The whole time I'm texting and asking for updates. Pending inspection. Finally, April 7th, I go into the dealership for a, hey, what's going on here? So they kindly write to the factory for me. April 12th, I text my dealer and get, call me. Apparently, the factory wrote back. Here we go. Quote, the Jeep in question did make it to Manitoba for delivery, but then failed to pass inspection. Thank you for your inquiry. Have a nice day. My dealer then calls the head office finally and tells them, this is a sold vehicle, people. Deposit has been paid. Their response? Oh, would you like us to build you another one then? <laughs> I oh, can hear so Tony's face palm from here. I'm the poor guy. He says, I can say I literally cried a little. Basically, it failed inspection, so they turned around and just walked away. Okay, I breathe and begin the wait again. Two days. D status. All right. At least we're moving forward. Today, May 7th, 98, yes, count them, 98 days later since ordering, and it is still in D status. My dealer half-joked me today that he hopes to get it here before his vacation in August. Oh, well, geez. that's it. Thanks for listening, everybody. I feel better already. Keep up the great work. Signed, Tony T. from Canada. 
you know, I told him it's lucky that he didn't order a red one. It probably would be 2019 before he got it. <laughs> yeah. They're really now, popular. I don't, I don't know what's going on because we know as from the last couple of few weeks that, that Jeep FCA has a rather large yeah. uh, supply um, on storage of JLs. So there really shouldn't be any reason why Tony T here in Canada is having these kinds of issues. Now, I'm really curious as to why it failed inspection. Yes, exactly. I think it's curious. probably now, a customs thing, right? Oh, I think, well, it's, not I think necessarily. it's a Canadian thing. Well, uh, you guys both could be right, and, and it could have something to do with a little bit of, of either, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Um, I, we don't know exactly his build. Now, it could have been um, you know, something about the lights. It could have been about bumper height. We all know that there's you know, very strict standards in different countries and in different states about bumper heights and stuff like that. Um, it could have been just simply something about the accessory or maybe even just the fuel, the fuel vapor recovery system yeah. or you know, something along those lines that it just didn't check all the boxes. And unless you check all those boxes, that Jeep can't come off the ship. So um, that's kind of the situation that he's in. Now, unfortunately, he's having to wait. Jeez, it's going to be almost a year before he gets his Jeep. I mean, the poor guy's done paid for it and everything. And I hope that he didn't have to turn in his 2013 already, uh, even though they've kind of given him a trade-in deal right. on that. So I, I don't know what's going on, what he's driving now. Tony T, give us a call. Give us an update. Buddy, man, we feel for you. You know, if it helps, uh, have them uh, send that thing down here to Texas. Uh, we'll keep it at my house, and you can drive it anytime you like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say ship it up here. Oregon's closer to Canada than Texas. I think, right, I think exactly. it'll pass inspection in Texas a lot easier than it will in Oregon. So let's go to the right, the right state <laughs> the first time. <laughs> well, hopefully Tony T can give us a ring and, and let us know exactly oh, why this failed inspection. If he even got that information, it sounds like he's kind of been held in the dark a lot of the way, um, you know, getting these updates, but it's kind of been just sort of a, a, a in holding pattern. I mean, this poor guy, is, he's expecting that, oh, it's I'm, I'm buying a Jeep. Here's what I want. I should have it here, you know, in a, in a day or two. No. I mean, it, I mean, I mean, why is the dealer having to be told, will you check on it? I mean, the dealer should be letting him know updates all the time, especially for it being this far out. You know, this reminds me a lot of, uh, what was it, the the Chrysler PT Cruiser. Remember when that mm-hmm. thing came out? It was yeah. so popular. P- people were paying uh, $2,000 extra dollars, uh, for them to, to be on the waiting list and get one. And uh, I, I just I, when, I, when I read this thing uh, first off, I got to thinking, is it because this thing is so popular? It is, it is just... Uh, amazing. I mean, it's almost outselling. What was it? The Toyota uh, Camry or something. It, Here's what amazing. I'm worried about. Here's what I'm worried about is if Tony T is ordering, if basically they're rebuilding the exact same Jeep, is that same Jeep going to fail inspection again? You know, is, is it going to be, you know, the same reason? You know, I, I don't know. Maybe something happened in shipping um, between Ohio and Canada. Uh, you know, I, oh, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. You no, know, it could, it could have been, it was like, Oh, well, you know, this thing can't pass inspection with a broken windshield. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then at that point, well, this, this failed inspection. So we're just onto the next one and that's it. And that's that. And that vehicle never moves again. Huh. So, you know, I, I don't know. I would love to hear more details about this. Um, and, oh. and then spread that information on. And if you, Hey, if anybody out there within the sound of our voice has a similar story to this, Call yes. in and let us know. Write the show and and let us know. We'd love to hear your story about your uh, new JL purchase as well. You know, I'm wondering if in Canada, if the inspector fails uh, a new JL, he gets to keep it. Because that might be a good reason for... Oh, that's dirty. <laughs> uh, 
and and not only let us know about what the if you find out why it failed the inspection but more importantly let us know when you get it and what you think oh, of it. Yeah. We want to update on that and that uh, be able to hear the smile in his voice. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that new mud smell that comes with those jeeps is uh, gotta gotta have it. You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good because I can. It's tech talk with Jeep Talk. Over the last couple of weeks, we've covered in detail all about shackles, from what a shackle is to the different ways shackles are used on a Jeep. We talked about what different shackle angles do for you and the pros and cons of having the shackle on the front of the leaf spring versus the rear of the leaf spring. This week, we're going to wrap up the shackle talk and go into a little more detail as to why shackles are made the way that they are and what makes shackles some shackles better than others. Aside from color and general shape, there is one thing that will stand out on some that are completely missing on others. What I'm referring to here is the lateral brace that's welded in on some and not on others. The braces welded between the sides of a shackle are generally used for stability purposes and play a far more important role than you'd think. The longer a shackle becomes, the more likely it is to flex side to side during suspension movement as the leaf spring moves up and down. It will also move inward with upward movement or outward with downward movement. This is due to the axle and the geometry of its travel under motion under the vehicle being fixed under the Jeep. The shackle bushings allow this movement to happen easier and a little bit more fluid. As the shackle twists with the motion of the leaf spring, one of the sides of the shackle will want to sit higher than the other, just sort of twist. Now, the bushings in both the leaf and in the shackle, if your shackle has bushings, help keep this offset equal by allowing slight give under stress. By adding a brace between the shackle arms, this eliminates that twisting motion of the shackle and forces the bushings to absorb more of the suspension load. This will also transfer a higher percentage of the suspension load directly into the frame mount section. Now, there's not to say there aren't good setups out there, but if you're going with big lift on those Leafs, then a braced shackle will be the top choice in Leaf-sprung suspension systems. The increase of strength and handling is worth purchasing this style on its own, really. Okay, all that is great and all, but what about all the different choices out there? There are a ton of shackles out there. How do you know what shape or what type of shackle that you want and what their performance is like on or off-road? Back before days of online shopping and massive aftermarket support, shackles were about as plain and boring as it got. They started out as simple, straight pieces of steel with some holes in them. They were bolted on in the same fashion as today's shackles. Since the start of their use, many different and unique designs have been prototyped and released for consumer use. Now, I'm not going to go in-depth with each and every single shackle manufacturer and brand and model out on the market, but what we are going to do here is start painting with broad strokes so that you can have a better idea as to what's out there and how it works. But some of the more common shackle types in the 4x4 world often give a clue as to what they do better than others just by their name. For instance, boomerang shackles. Pretty self-explanatory, right? These things are shaped kind of like a boomerang and are instantly recognizable over stock or straight bar shackles. A boomerang shackle was first designed to be used on the rear of a YJ Wrangler. Now, due to the Jeep's design, leaf springs movements would cause an issue of contact between the spring and the rear crossmember. Having this type of interference would obviously reduce wheel travel and articulation, and nobody wants that in their Jeep. Boomerang shackles can also be used on the front leaf springs in an effort to reduce shackle inversion. Now, there are a ton of other designs out there. Some are very unique and claim to offer never-before-seen articulation out of your leaf-sprung Jeep. Models, for instance, like TerraFlex's Revolver Shackle or Liquid Iron Industries' bolt-on sliding shackle boxes for the Jeep Cherokee. Now, these crazy multi-parted assemblies look good on paper, and they're kind of impressive in person, and in some instances can provide additional flex when off-road. 
However, they can also detract from things like stability and safety when driving on-road. Won't take too much searching to find out some horror stories of revolver shackles unloading when going around a bend on a gravel road and pushing a Jeep down a mountainside. Or Jeeps completely endoing and flopping onto their tops from the rear and getting a little bit loose on steep declines. Now sure, these shackles may have that wow factor, may offer some stories around the fire, but they may also kill you or damage your Jeep. So be sure you do lots of research before implementing a shackle like these into your suspension. Or just follow my advice, my advice and just about everybody else's out there and stick with what's been tried and proven for decades and decades by going with a boomerang shackle design. Regardless of what you choose to put under your Jeep, make sure it's something that actually is going to perform the way that you want it to for the type of wheeling and terrain that you encounter. Don't let the web wheelers dictate what you do. At the end of the trail, you'll be a little bit more confident of your Leaf Springs Jeep performance. Damn, Josh, that's just damn scary. I, I've actually not seen a, a Jeep flop, but I have seen these Terraflex revolver shackles unload on a Jeep before, and it's like God came down and pushed the side of the Jeep. <laughs> I, I, I kid you not. I mean, it, it's just like all of a sudden something pushes the Jeep over. And it's just that that leaf spring, that shackle, that built up kinetic energy unreleasing. And all of a sudden, oh, you know, all this just literally just jumps the back end over a little bit. And if you're off camber, if you're, you know, tilted off on a trail or something like that, you're going around a corner on some washboard gravel Maybe you're kind of getting it a little bit loose and having a little bit of fun with those back tires spinning and, and stuff. You know, it's very easy to forget about the type of equipment that you have underneath your Jeep and what it's doing under there. And, you know, with something like some of these shackle designs out there, you could very easily think, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and kick the back end loose a little bit. Next thing you know, you're on your side. And all because of the type of shackle or the type of suspension um, modifications that you've done. Now, that's not to say that, you know, everything that you're going to do to your Jeep is going to put you in harm's way. But there is amount, an amount of research and some education that needs to be done before you do, well, anything to your Jeep. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it really reminds me a lot of like drug, drug interactions because just because this drug is safe, when you put this and this together, it becomes uh, sketchy or deadly. And, uh, yeah, well, you know, you would think that if you're going to buy something from Terraflex, that you know it, it should be cool to do it shouldn't be an issue but but you you have to research your your jeep and you have to know your jeep um i yeah i never was interested in boomerang shackles uh just no uh it, it just whatever whatever i got back there leaf springs are pretty damn good um i mean coils would be nice but uh leaf springs are pretty damn good it's uh it's a nice setup the way it is just need a little I've more seen- height yeah, I've seen some YJ Wranglers on full leaf springs do some amazing articulation and and really get nice and sticky off road. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- it is possible leaf springs have a bad reputation, but when they're set up properly, they can really really perform as well, if not in some cases, better than a coilover. Really, really stable platform too. Hey, if there's anything you'd like to add or maybe you have a question for Tech Talk, well, we'd love to hear from you. Just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com, click on our contact page, and, well, send us a message. The Jeep Talk Show. It's not about us. It's about you, the listeners. It's Tim from Torrance. Hey, Jeepers. This is uh, Rob from Antonio, Texas. Hey, guys. It's Cody with TrailChasers.net with another grand adventure. Hey, guys. This is Cody from Indiana. Yoo-hoo. Hello, Jeep Talk Show crew. This is FJ Rick. Hi, guys. This is Joe. If a turtle doesn't have a shell, is he naked or homeless? 
Hey guys, this is Ron out in Arizona. Hey, hey what's up? Jeep Talk Show. This is Jason, Oregon Trail Off Road. Hi, this is Jake from California, and I'm sitting here eating pork rinds for breakfast. Hey, this is uh, PAG Freak. Hey, Tony, Josh, Danny, Sexy, Jake Collins. This is John, I'm pre runner in 1982, and on today's Radio Contact segment, I'm going to talk about APRS, Anal Probe Restraint System. No! No, 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 that's not right. We love our listeners. Boy, do we ever. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Ah, yes. Well, we're going to continue this week in our uh, Go Topless Day with our interview tonight with Michelle. She's with Jeeps at the Beach, Texas. Now, it's important that I say Texas in there. Michelle got after me. We were chatting one time, and, and she says, no, it's the Texas thing. You get up at TX on the end of that uh, because there's there's more than just one Jeeps at the Beach. Well, obviously, the, there's more than one beach, right? Michelle, thanks for joining us tonight. And uh, so, so how many Jeeps at the Beach are there? Thank you for having me, Tony. Um, there's actually a Jeeps at the Beach event, a really, really large event in New York. Um, I've I've seen their their events. It's really awesome. It's huge, just like ours. And like you said, there's beaches everywhere. So um, there's different different states. There's one in Florida. Uh, they call theirs Jeep Beach. They just had their Jeep Beach, oh, yeah. and it was really awesome. Yeah, I I strive to go there one day. Yeah, it's a long drive. Uh, it is. Yeah, so, but but so the water is supposed to be gorgeous. I wish we had kind of that water, that the same color water here in uh, in Texas or in the Gulf. But you know, right? We're all, we're all busy drilling up all that oil, keeping the cars and the jeeps running. <laughs> so um, now now uh, the Go Topless Day is not this weekend, but the next weekend. That would be uh, May nineteenth, correct? Correct. And and you guys uh, are regulars out there uh, at at, uh, at Crystal Beach. Uh, I'm sorry, I kind of jumped ahead of myself. I know I know all this stuff, and I forget the the people listening don't. <laughs> you go to the one at Crystal Beach, which we call Galveston, but really you go across the Bolivar Ferry and get to Crystal Beach. And uh, I guess it's actually Bolivar, uh, isn't it, or is it Crystal Beach? It's Bol- Crystal Beach is on Bolivar Island. Ah, so there it's we an go. island, so you, you go across the ferry and. Um, and then the beach is right there. So Crystal Beach is the name of that particular beach that we like to go to. It's um, clean. There's, you know, a wide area at a certain point where a lot of Jeeps can fit and kind of hang out together. Now, for people that have no idea, haven't been to YouTube, haven't uh, done, any, done any research for Gotopolis Day, what is Gotopolis Day? What's the big dang deal? <laughs> well... I don't know if you know this, but us Jeeps, we love to get together and have fun. We love <laughs> to hang out and get to know each other and obviously look at the Jeeps, you know. So Go Topless is a great time where we all get together and we all just enjoy a weekend together and hang out and look at all the Jeeps. So basically, it's just driving up and down the beach and I guess parking and talking to everybody, probably a few beers involved. Uh, some music, uh, just basically getting together and doing some talking. This isn't a an off road event where you you're going on the rocks or you're going through mud or anything like that. It's just it's just jeeps on the beach. Exactly, and that it's it's really really fun to get that many people together, to get that many jeeps together and hang out. And people come from all over. Um, I actually have a couple that um, live in Florida, 
And they were at Go Topless in our area last year. Wow. And they're actually on their way now driving, and they're going to join us again this year. So it's people from all over, and you get to new, meet new people, and you get to see, you know, the your friends and, you know, people that you saw last year. So, and there's there's music, there's, you know... People are ha- just people are having a good time. Mm-hmm. So uh, thanks to Michelle and Jeeps of the Beach, Texas, I'm going to be able to go out there. My wife and I are actually going to go out there Yay. to go top. Yeah, go topless day uh, there uh, at Crystal Beach. So uh, we will be taking the TJ, the red TJ down there and uh, being parked right next to the go uh, go topless right <laughs> parked right next to uh, Jeeps of the Beach, Texas uh, tents or the tent complex. I think you're going to have more than one set up there, aren't you? Yeah, we're going to have about three or four wow. um, lined up in that way. No, these aren't pup tents, right? These are actually like the tents where you sit down and, and, and people come up to it. Canopies. Yeah. Canopies. Yeah. Like <laughs> like, at, like at a wedding or whatever, the big white tent Correct. type of thing. Correct. So are people just going there for the day and the night? Are they sleeping there or can you sleep on the beach or is there like right. an end time? So- there, there are a lot of options. Um, most people, and I was telling Tony about this, uh, a lot of Go Topless events, they call it GTD, which is Go Topless Day. We call it GTW because we actually spend quite a few days out there. Um, oh, wow. Some people, some people can go for the day. Um, some people do go for the day. A lot of people, most people get there on Thursday or Friday. Wow. I will be getting there Thursday and leaving on Sunday. So you can um, tent camp on the beach. There are you can bring your RV on the beach. There are people that sleep in their jeep. Um, there are RV parks um, available that you can take your RV to, and then take your jeep and drive on the beach. And there and there's people that pass out in their jeeps. <laughs> Not necessarily, necessarily yeah. sleep. There's people <laughs> that pass out in the sand. <laughs> yeah, because this is uh, and this is one of the things we wanted to bring up for anybody uh, that's in this area, or maybe you're going to take the drive and come down and and uh, meet the Jeep Talk Show or uh, meet the Jeep uh, Jeeps at the Beach, Texas. Um, you need to understand it, it, this isn't really a kid friendly event, is it? It's not. It's not. I have um, two teenagers, and I would not. I would not bring them. Um, it's just not, there are, there's drinking involved. Um, you know, there might be a little bit of nudity out there. I'm not extreme, but you know, it happens as people, as the day gets, you know, later and later and people are drinking more. Um, it's really a good time. It's just very crowded also, you know, and it's very packed and, I just, me personally, and that's why I put on my event that, you know, it's not kid friendly. I think it's important to let people know too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because if you get out there, if you're an adult and uh, you're not prudish, uh, it you know it's okay. It's it's adults having fun uh, and uh, acting the way adults uh, do uh, sometimes whenever they're drinking. And as long as there's no gunfire or, or uh, fistfights, I guess it's uh, it's not really an issue. Uh, everybody's minding their own business and uh, doing their own thing. Um, so uh, I think it's going to be very interesting and a lot of fun. This is the first time uh, that I'll be going out there. I've thought about going in the past, but I was actually warned about uh, going out there because it was so crowded. And and frankly, if it wasn't for you and your group, I wouldn't be going because I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't have any place to stay. Uh, like I said, I'm not sleeping in my Jeep. And uh, big thank you uh, and uh, big thank you from uh, the Jeep Talk Show for allowing uh, me to come down there and saving me a spot. And uh, that's going to be wonderful. I'm really looking forward to it. I love the people watching. I think it's so much fun seeing people. And if they got a Jeep, all the better. 
Exactly. So, you get to people watch and Jeep watch. <laughs> the best kind of watching. What, exactly. Are there like things planned? Is there a band? Is there music? Is there, will there be food out there? This is a, Tammy doesn't understand. This is a long beach, the whole area. What do you think? It's like miles, right? That the, the Jeeps drive up and down? Oh, yeah. Um, miles and miles and miles. The island is pretty big. Um, also, you know, Galveston has, obviously, there's a lot of beach there. And Go Topless is just everywhere. Yeah, that's true. And different sections of the beach kind of have different things going on. Our area will have the tent set up. And then we will, I will have a, a DJ out there for music. And then, of course, the, the items that um, All Things Jeep with Rugged Ridge sent us uh there are really awesome jeep accessories in there that we will probably have some contests going on i was trying to think of something fun to do to give away these you know jeep accessories so maybe a little bit of you know dance contest or you know something racing you know like who can get from one barrel to the other fastest you know something fun something fun to do might be fun to uh, take a baseball bat and then have people do that you know <laughs> their forehead on the bat spin around especially if they've been drinking you know, exactly who, who can spew the furthest um so, <laughs> so I, I don't know if you can tell us or not but what kind of goodies did you get from uh, rug ridge oh my there are hats towels really cool towels that have a jeep on the beach oh they, yeah they went all out are bags um backpack style bags you know regular tote bags um third brake lights oh um, nice some can, yeah so, so there wasn't a dana some. 44 slid in that bag or anything like that right <laughs> no ah uh, jeez no, no. <laughs> i can't, can't have everything and yeah. and and those are actually uh uh came to you through uh gene over at all things jeep uh and her connection or uh, their connection i should say uh with uh, with this vendor sponsoring the event this year and just remind everybody if you didn't listen to uh, last week's episode gene at all things jeep actually started the go topless day uh 10 i think this is 11 years ago now and uh, uh allthingsjeep.com is where you go to get all your uh go topless day or go topless weekend information so um how long have has I know this is what you, Tony just said what the second year or the first year that you were sponsored but how long has this event been going on how long have been Jeepers been doing this Gene Gene started it 11 years ago Tony yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. I mean no I mean on Crystal Beach last year was their first year being there oh, uh, okay. and and also too uh, and I, I did want to hit this point this isn't your guys first rodeo at the beach you guys uh, sponsor a port portion of the beach and uh, you do a lot of things at crystal beach so it's not this isn't like your uh your second year of going to <laughs> just the second year of going to go topless day it's it's just something that you're doing because you're you you're part of that beach so to speak right so you know we we go to the beach a lot and last year i you know i became i've become friends with the local people and i hear them talk about you know people hanging out on the beach and they worry about people cleaning up after themselves. And so I thought to myself, how can I make a difference to let the local people and, you know, give back to the beach? Like, what can I do? So I looked it up and you can sponsor a section of the beach and be responsible for cleaning it. Um, they have two national cleanups a year. So we do big events for that. So all the members can come out and, you know, pick up trash in the counties out there they provide, you know, gloves, trash bags. They pick up the trash whenever you're done. 
So it's just a way for to make sure that, you know, we use the beach. We obviously love the beach, but we're giving back. Right. That's awesome. It is. It's amazing. Yeah. Nobody likes cleaning up. Uh, no. <laughs> especially when you try and get rid of all that sand. It, just keep, it never ends. <laughs> <laughs> and when it's 110 degrees outside. Oh, no. Besides, you know, the beach stuff and um, going to the beach all the time. Do you guys do and cleaning up? Do you guys do anything else? besides just going to the beach? We do. I, you know, I started the group because I have a Jeep and I love going to the beach and my friends would tag along and we'd, you know, enjoy our weekends at the beach. But now that the group has become so large and diverse, you know, in with location and the different people and what they like to do, I've hosted a couple of uh, wheeling events. Um, We've gone to Hidden Falls and Marble Falls and we've gone to, we just went to um, Barnwell in Gilmer, Texas. So we've done a couple of wheeling events, um, and those were successful. It was a it was a blast. It's something that I love to do. And uh, what else have we done? Oh, I just had a benefit. Um, I had a benefit in North Houston. It benefited a, a charity called a nonprofit organization called Boots for Troops. So we did that. That was the first benefit that I had ever done, and it was a huge success. So we're definitely going to do a you know another one or at least keep it going annually. If I so remember, it, if I remember, you guys uh, you published how much uh, how much you guys collected for Boots for Troops, didn't you? Yeah, we um, collected uh, thirty four hundred dollars. So oh, plus wow. donations, there was a lot of donations. Um, they make care packages for the troops and they send them over, and um, so they were collecting donations for the care packages. So we had boxes and boxes of donations and then the actual cash that we had collected was around $3,400. So actually, after you collected that money, did you take it home and just throw it all over your bed and roll around <laughs> in it before you gave it right? to the, the proper people? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, I was going to try to go out to that one, but uh, didn't make it, uh, but uh, did have it on my uh, my calendar to go. Uh, I, I would assume you guys are going to be doing that again. Oh, yeah, it was it was my, like I said, it was our first benefit. It was my first time hosting a benefit. So I learned a lot from it. I bet. And, you know, you learn when you have a Jeep that it is a huge support. They, I mean, it's like a family. You you ask for things and you ask for support and they, it never fails. Like people are there and they, it's just, it's it's awesome seeing the support from other Jeepers. It really is. Now, you mentioned about going up to Barnwell, which is a, 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 a wheeling place here in Texas. Um, now, there was a, uh, a – I saw the pictures that you had put up there from uh, uh, Jeeps of the Beach, Texas. It's a Facebook page, uh, folks. We haven't mentioned that. Uh, and uh, Michelle will tell you more about how you can get uh, linked up with them here in a little while. Uh, but uh, now, watching some of those pictures, you, you had a Jeep flop over, didn't you? Yeah, we did. We did. Um it actually, well, Barnwell is, the terrain is a slick clay material, and it's very easy to, um, basically what happened is the the, um, the driver was supposed to keep their wheels on each side of a very beveled, deep, deep ditch ground. Oh. And if you, if you get your tires, because it's so slick, if you make even, you know, an inch or two of a mistake the Jeep will slide and that's, that, that's what ended up happening. Um, but it was, it was controlled. We got her back up and guess what? This is what's awesome about Jeeps. The Jeep just kept going. (laughs) There was really no damage and she, they kept wheeling. It was, it was great. 
Well, that's that's always the worst time is the first time it happened. So I'm glad there wasn't any damage. And, uh, and of course, nobody was uh, was injured. I, I know that was a big thing uh, for, for you guys, especially, you know, since it was your event uh, to have a Jeep flop over. And uh, I wouldn't, it was like, like you say, it wasn't a, a roll or anything like that. It was just went off to its side and, uh, you know, had its little feet in the air screaming, uh, wanting to help back up. And then uh, once it was back up, it was uh, back down the road. So. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to meeting up with you guys and going out and doing some of these things. I'm I'm waiting on a transfer case, and uh, hopefully, when I get that transfer case in there, I'll be able to to get out and do some of these things. So, if you want to become, I mean, is is your group like anybody can join? How how does that work? Yeah, so we have a um, public Facebook page that you can um, go and like and follow. And you can see all, all of our events through there. And the okay. events um, are public, so you can invite your friends, share with your friends and family, really get involved involved that way. And there is a place on the um, on that page that you can, you click on the learn more button and you can kind of get a little bit more involved with the group. But the events are just listed and we have a lot of events. I try to have at least an event, one event per month where we get together and we do something, whether it's the beach or a benefit or a Jeep night or we go wheeling. Now, are you guys associated with uh, any other groups? I keep thinking in my mind, and I'm going to get it wrong. Uh, Was it Texas four-wheel drive um, that I'm thinking you guys are associated with in some way? Yeah, so I am um, also, I've been an officer of Texas Full Wheel Drive for a couple of years now. Gotcha. And I am the secretary of the Katy chapter of Texas Full Wheel Drive. So that's another, you know, involvement that I'm, that I'm big into with the, with the Jeeps. And it's neat with that group because it's not just Jeeps, it's four wheel drive. So it's a way to, you know, get not just Jeeps involved, all of four wheel drive vehicles. And we do a lot of wheeling events through through that um, through that organization. But it but it's separate from uh, Jeeps of the Beach Texas. It is. It is. It's it's two different groups. Okay. And and, and I was just curious. What do you do with your free time? <laughs> I don't have any. <laughs> yeah, of course you don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't have any. I work full time. I have two kids. I have my own home. And then I have, you know, my, my two Jeep groups that I'm heavily involved in and it does, I have no life anymore. That is my life. That's right. Well, it's a, it's a life uh, and you got lots of people in it and, I love it. and some of them have red, red, pretty Jeeps. Uh, uh, and, and just so you guys, just so red. you guys know, uh, you, if you hear Katie and you've associated that with me talking about Katie, yes, we, we live in the same town. Michelle and I both live in the <laughs> same area and just happened to run across uh, somebody sent me an invite to Jeep at the Beach, Texas. And of, of course, I accepted and saw several things going on, including the Go Topless Day thing. So uh, Michelle and I are only a couple miles miles apart, I believe. Yes. Now, the, the big question of the night. The big, big question, what kind of Jeep do you have and what color is it? I have a 2015 JKU and it is silver. That's my favorite color. Oh, there you go. Silver's a little closer to black, Tony. I'm sorry. That's not the right answer. <laughs> Wrong answer, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know or not, uh, Michelle, but both my wife and I have red Jeeps and they're both the exact same paint coat. Uh, they're, they're both like pf4 or ph4 or whatever it is so uh a lot of red going on here at the uh at the the jeep talk show household so what if <laughs> well, you, now what if you don't have silver. a jeep 
What if they you didn't... don't have a Jeep and you're trying to sneak out on that? Can you like <laughs> go out there with your Toyota Corolla or you if, to go topless? Yes, there are a lot of people there in trucks. Um, they people bring their ATVs. Um, I do see cars. Um, I see a lot of cars get stuck, so that's always fun. Um, you know, us Jeepers like to watch people get stuck and then we just pull them out. So that's always fun. So, uh, and, and everybody, I think everybody with a Jeep understands, and I'm sure more people do too, but the go topless part of go, go topless day means to take the top off your Jeep, not drive <laughs> around without a top, right? I mean, we need to let people know if they're going out there in a Corolla, they may not know what a go topless <laughs> thing is. You know, I can't go topless. This top doesn't come off. <laughs> I think they went to the beach thinking they were just going to have a family day at the beach and they end up oh, in, in, a, right. you know, in a crowd. Oh, Goodness. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? And that's a thing. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about like three, four, five thousand uh, people out there on the beach. So yeah. this isn't something you're going to accidentally trip across. It, it's going to be <laughs> huge and you're going to know something big is going on. And if you're going to go across the Bolivar Ferry, it's going to be a multi hour ra- uh, wait on uh, the 19th. It probably will be uh, getting, uh, getting bad uh, on Thursday and Friday, don't you think? Yes, and they're actually, they have a really neat online um, clock where you can actually get online and see how long the ferry um, wait is. There, There is a way to not go across the ferry. You can actually go through around yep. and get to Crystal Beach. It's more, um, it's more miles, but it's a lot less time, especially if it's a big event like this. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, my wife and I uh, took the the TJ uh, last weekend uh, down there, and we went that long way because that's how we're going to go on uh, Saturday the 19th. Mm -hmm. And uh, we we went down there because we had to get a parking pass for the beach. It's $10. We went to the Ace Hardware store. uh, I forget it's called, like, Big Store Ace Hardware or something like that. And it's very close to where uh, uh, Michelle and Jeeps of the Beach, Texas, is going to be set up. Uh, and, and by the way, you can find that information. We'll have it in our show notes uh, for this episode. And also, too, you can. Uh, uh, we'll talk about here in a second. Michelle will tell you how to find uh, their information, and uh, I'm sure you'll be able to see it there too. Because we definitely want you to stop by the Jeeps of the Beach, Texas, and uh, the the little corner of the Jeep Talk Show that's going to we're going to be uh, over there being trying to be very polite and nice and not take away from anybody else. Uh, but anyway, we we drove down there to get the, the, the beach parking pass, and that's a very critical thing to have uh, if you're going to be parked on the beach. Now, you can drive up and down the beach without that pass, correct? You can, yes, as long as you don't park. There you go. So, but if you want to take a break, <laughs> if you want to park, and, my, and from what I understand, the police are going to be uh, really out there in force uh, this time because of some of the past shenanigans that have been going on. I don't think any of it was dangerous. I just think people were doing a lot of things they weren't supposed to be doing, including uh, selling things on the beach. Uh, I don't mean the wacky tobacco. I mean like T-shirts and so on <laughs> and so forth. And and you have to have uh, proper authorization before you can even sell things. And that's one of the things that uh, uh, Jeeps at the Beach is not going to be doing. They're just going to be giving stuff away. So uh you'll uh, look for the tent and uh how is there a, a there's you, there's some sort of barrel or something or a street intersection if people don't uh, go to the go to your website how would they find uh jeeps at the beach texas uh, where you're going to be setting up on uh, go topless day yeah so crystal beach um they have what's called barrels it's actually the trash cans they're numbered mm-hmm. so it's a good way to you know you can go down a certain street once you get on the beach the barrels the barrels are numbered 
and they go in numerical order, obviously. So, you know, if you're at barrel 60 and you need to get to 74, which we're, that's where we'll be at, you just kind of go along the beach until you get there. It's like mile so, markers, but with trash. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> or it's kind of like, you know, those when you go to the big football games and you're in parking lot 37A. Right. On the light post or whatever. So we've been right. we've been teasing people about how they can find out more information about Jeeps of the Beach, Texas. Uh, tell us, tell the kids all the social media stuff, all the buzz things that they like, the the, the gotta have it, gotta have it right now type stuff. <laughs> so we are uh, Facebook oriented. Um, that's how the group communicates. That's how things get posted, and people keep keep up with it, keep up with the group. Um, so if you just go onto Facebook and put in the search bar jeeps at the beach tx um we will pop up there's a page that you can like and then you can follow us and then you can see all the events listed and the events are public so like i said you should go in there and and share with your family and friends invite you know other jeepers um and then if you click on the learn more section of that page it will direct you to our group page where it's kind of like a forum you know where people talk about ask questions you know and talk about the group more so so uh to to cap this thing off uh may 19th is going to be uh go topless day jeeps at the beach texas uh at the trash can mile marker what was it 72 or 74 crystal beach barrel 74 74 and uh, Jeep Talk Show, I and my wife are going to be out there in our red little Jeep uh, that we can take the top off of. And uh, you can come by and meet us, get a sticker, uh, and, uh, of course, uh, meet Michelle and her uh, group. How many people are you going to have out there, Michelle? Oh, it's a lot. <laughs> I don't, I don't really know. I don't 10. ever know till I get there. You know, and there, there's going to be a lot of people out there. And I think people are really excited about us as a group getting together and then of course i have all the giveaways from from gene at all things jeep so it's going to be really exciting so you're gonna have a lot of folks there uh representing uh, uh jeeps of the beach texas so uh come out there meet everybody uh say hello maybe get a picture uh maybe get a little audio clip uh that you may hear yourself on the show so uh this uh, that's it's because i think it's gonna be a lot of fun you know i don't know about you michelle but i have a hard time getting there and then getting back but being places is a lot of fun. Agreed. It is. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for, for being with us tonight. And uh, we, uh, we'll have to have you back uh, after the, uh, the, the, the big event and uh, chat a little bit with you about it and how it went. Yes. Thank you for having me. Thanks a lot. Hey, got to give a big shout out and a big thanks again to Michelle Sibley for taking the time to talk about Jeeps at the Beach, Texas. Huge event coming up. Tony, sounds like you are going to have an absolute blast. Well, like I said in the interview, I'm not looking forward to uh, the two-hour drive down there and certainly not ah. the, uh, the, the, the drive back, but it, I think it's just going to be a lot of fun being there. <laughs> two yeah, hours, no. Tony. That's nothing. I know. Tammy just did six or Jeez. seven in one direction. Come on. That'll be over before you know it. Do you have an idea for a guest or maybe you want to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show? Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and share your idea for our next great guest. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss next week's guest. We'll be sitting down with the one and only Don Alexander, co-author of the CarTech Guide to Performance Upgrades for the Jeep JK. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and 
I'm sure Tammy's already talked about the Yuwari uh, invasion and what a good time she had. I had a great time too. And I'd just like to give a shout out to Brian with a Y and uh, all the guys and girls at <laughs> Carolina Trails Off Road. Uh, class act all the way. They really go out of the way to make you feel welcome. Uh, sorry, I'm that one guy that held everybody up. And, uh, well, everybody was great except for the one clown that was running around putting I'd rather be red stickers on Jeeps. <laughs> I suspect that's the one person that uh, put a big rock in the middle of the trail that I hit. Uh, Tammy, if you find out who this joker is, let me know. I got a bone to pick with him. You know. Once again, great, great meet. Uh, finally got to meet Brian from Carolina Trails Off-Road. He's a nice guy. And uh, that's about it. All right, boys and girls, I'll catch you later. You have a good one. Bye. <laughs> How long has he been sitting on those stickers? You got to wonder. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> oh, that's great. Love, uh, love the Nikki G. Uh, this, this amazing. You know, I just, I've mentioned this before, but not in a long time. It's just amazing. He calls in every week. Oh, uh, I know. And it, he always thinks of something new every week. It's just, it's something I look forward to personally. Uh, and, uh, I get a little panicky if he, he, if he waits till show day before he calls in, it's like, no, oh, there it is. I'm all right. My world is, <laughs> my world is stable once again. And, and it's, you know, it, it's, it really is amazing. I and mean, we've been doing this show weekly, I think since what, 2012, uh, you know, and he's called in pretty much every week since then. That's a lot of Nikki G and, and the dedication I've really got to point out and, and I just couldn't thank him enough. Yeah, it's great. And the funny thing is, when I first was on the show, I'm like, oh, my God. What? <laughs> <laughs> but, you, you know, he really grows on you. And, you be, you know, you look forward to it. And, you know, I just love him. When, Wendy's sitting there nodding her head. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, exactly like, yeah, right. That was pretty much my first impression, too. <laughs> and, and, you know what? Wendy is a normal, a normal woman she's just you know and like what are you doing with oh him? she puts on a I'm good kidding. act that she was uh, that seriously that was just a big joke no <laughs> she's a really nice lady and he's awesome he's a great guy and <laughs> i had a blast i just wish we could have wheeled a little bit more together yeah, well he, maybe next time uh, he'll uh, pay more attention and uh, make sure that rocks yeah. in the right place he was well, too that's busy what he gets for, planning that's what his he gets next for... sticker thing. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> I was gonna say that that that's that, that's what he gets for listening to uh, Tammy for as a spotter. That's so. true. Yeah. <laughs> Don't trust that spotter. <laughs> really. Well, hey guys, let's talk about some events that are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. And hey, Jeepers, uh, as we are recording this, there's probably people already down there. The Panama City Jeep Beach Jam is happening this weekend, and I know some of you are going. So be sure to spread the word about the Jeep Talk Show. And hey, give us a call when you get back. We'd love to hear how it went. Also, have another last-minute edition, and I have to thank Jeremy C. for writing in to tell us about it. Um, it is the well Four Wheeler and JP Magazine presenting the Four Wheeler Experience Tour, happening May 12th through the 13th. That's pretty much this weekend as we're recording this. Uh, it's happening at the Orange County Fairgrounds in Costa Mesa, California. Uh, they're going to have an obstacle course, vendors, manufacturers with show specials, and access to factory representatives, music, kids zone, four-wheel drive, film fest, show and shine off-road celebrities, monster truck rides, vintage Jeep displays, and so much more. We'll have a link to this uh, uh, that uh, event in the episode show notes for this show. Um, coming up uh, first week of June, really, uh, June 1st through the 3rd, the Silver Lake Sand Dunes Jeep Invasion. 
the only dunes that you can drive a Jeep on east of the Mississippi, folks. Uh, they're going to have live bands, kids' activities, show and, si- show and shine, demo track, so much more. I will have the link to this one as well. Uh, it's over at Silver Lake, Michigan, once again, June 1st through the 3rd. Um, we're also going to be having, um, oh, there's going to be a fan of the show there and uh, a segment producer, Gina from Nom News. She's going to be at that Silver Lake Sand Dunes Jeep Invasion, so make sure you guys look out for her. Um, and then happening June 9th and the 10th, well, happening, I'm sorry, June 9th at 10 a.m., uh, Jeeps at the Beach, Texas. We actually heard just about this event, heard about this event just a little while ago. Um, and this one's going to be really cool. Um, at the Matagorda Beach Bay City, uh, huge event, guys. Uh, they're going to have that. We'll have a link to the Facebook group for that event as well in notes for this episode. So all kinds of stuff going on. And, of course, if you know of an off-road event coming up, we need to know about it. And I'll remind you guys about Go Topless Day coming up on May 19th. Uh, uh, I will be out at uh, Crystal Beach for the uh, Bolivar Peninsula uh, big, huge get-together. Hopefully have some, a lot of pictures, some videos, and uh, maybe some audio clips for the show. Uh, again, that's May 19th. I will be out there on the 19th, and uh, I will be joining uh, Michelle and her very large group of people uh, Jeeps of the Beach, Texas. And you can find out more information, of course, by going to our show notes. And we'll even have some information there about uh, going over there and uh, getting more information from Jeeps of the Beach, Texas. Don't forget, you're going to need a parking pass before you go down there. Uh, you can get it at any business there in uh, in Crystal Beach, but it's going to be, I think you're going to have a hard time doing it on Gotopolis Day. I'm not saying you won't be able to get one. I just think, think there's going to be a line. So if uh, you can get the pass before then, that'll be better. Hey, do you know of an off-road event coming up? Are you planning one? Well, shoot us an email with some details. We will get the word out. Have you been to a Jeep event recently? We'd love to hear from you. Just go to our contact page at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Hey, folks, and don't forget all those videos I was telling you about. You can go over to YouTube and search Jeep Mama. And if you need a voice for your product or your business, by all means, check out professional voiceover services at thevoiceofjosh.com. That's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Friend us on Facebook. Circle us like vultures on Google+. And above all else, be sure to tell a friend about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. Remember to check out Tread Lightly as well over at treadlightly.org. Hey, did you know that front of five dentists recommend brushing with the Jeep Talk Show at least twice a day for a healthy mouth? Well, now you know, and knowing is half the battle. Podcasting since 2010. Hey guys, don't forget about our Jeep Talk Show stickers. This is the first time in over 300 episodes the Jeep Talk Show. Chop so blah, 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 blah. blah.